I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. Continuing our quarterly about the book of Psalms, we are now in our second lesson titled, Teach Us to Pray. So, uh, Pastor Howard, uh, I'm the one who put the Talking Points together for this week's study. And obviously, it's about prayer connected with the The Psalms. Psalms. And so... We're going to get into that. There were some interesting things about this uh, particular lesson that I felt could have been misunderstood or could be misapplied or something. So we need to dive into a few clarifying points as we get into our talking points. But um, obviously the the Psalms are were, were powerful in their own right, but were um, included in Scripture and referred to in other parts of Scripture clearly as a benefit to us and, and, and a blessing to our worship experience. And we're going to kind of walk walk through that this week about how the Psalms were intended to be used uh, for those beyond just the psalmist himself and recording for their time. What's the application for us in our worship experience, I think, is the, is the upshot of the lesson this week. And so All right. we're going to take a look at that. Mm. But before we do, could you lead us off with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Psalms, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of truth who leads us into a proper understanding of your word. Lord, we ask this week that you would guide us through this Talking Points episode, as well as being with each teacher who's going to be teaching this lesson, with each student who's going to be participating in a local Sabbath school class. We pray, Lord, this would be for our edification and that we would be um, more equipped to be faithful in the mission you've given us to preach the three angels' messages to the world. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The three cosmic messages. Those are the three cosmic messages. Mm. We're going to stick with that title in our heads for a long time. All right. But, again, this, this week, the, the title is Teach Us to Pray. So, clearly, we're looking at practical instruction in prayer as relates to the Psalms, the book of mm-hmm. Psalms. Now, our t- memory verse this week comes from Luke chapter 11, verse 1, where Jesus' disciples were... Uh, if you look at the context, Jesus was praying on his own, and they overheard him praying or saw him praying, and they right. wanted to have a prayer, a rich prayer experience in their own right. So they asked him, said, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, and of course, Jesus did. And that's where we get the modeled prayer that we the oftentimes Lord's think prayer. of the Lord's Prayer, which ironically, they said, teach us to pray. So he said, when you pray, you say, mm-hmm. right? So it's your prayer. Right. So, um, but either way, the Lord was Great. He didn't say, "Oh, prayer can't be learned." It's just a. It's it's so ethereal well, you can't put words to it. He gave. We also in know that that the Lord's prayer was not intended to be. Not that you can't recite it, but when the Bible says Jesus spent entire nights in prayer, and it takes you all of a minute to pray the Lord's yeah. prayer, you know that it was a model. Like a, 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 you know, like a template on, for prayer, right? Yeah. A template as versus a, a, a prescription. Exactly, and so forth. It's more of a descriptive than prescriptive. It yes. should look like this, but not be necessarily these, these words. Should be part of your exactly. Prayer. And yeah. we're going to talk about this. What? How do the Psalms play into that prayer life experience? Right. Now, the lesson brings out how, in the first paragraph of Sabbath afternoon, that God placed a prayer book, the Psalms, mm-hmm. at the heart of the Bible. Not simply to show us how God's people of ancient times pray, but also to teach us how we can pray today. So we're learning the, the, the goal, the stated goal of this lesson is to learn, I suppose, tips for prayer or things about our own prayer experience that we can connect with or derive from the Psalms. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very good thing. Now, I do think there could be a, 
a misunderstanding this week because they invoke the term pray or praying the Psalms. Well, even as you even as you just opened up with a prayer book last week, it was a hymn book. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, typically think of the Psalms as a hymn. And not that there aren't prayers and things in it. We're not. Right. But um, I think I'm going to take this opportunity to say there are times when I'm not sure where the contributor to the lesson was going. And we've had that a lot. And sometimes that we've had people say, well, you should really stick with the le-. Our goal here in Talking Points is to try to communicate, first of all, we appreciate the quarterly, but the Bible is our study guide. Amen. And as a teacher, especially in a local context, when we gave the talk, somebody told me recently, I don't get your talking points out of the lesson. They say, when I read the lesson, I don't get your talking points. That's fine. Okay. And we've said that over <laughs> and over. Like, the reason we come up with the talking points we do, in fact, if I were to go over this lesson, I would probably come up with different points than Cameron did, mm-hmm. just like you'll come up with different points. Our goal in talking points is that you will come up with some points so you know what you're going to present. You're not wheeling into Sabbath morning saying, well, I don't know what to cover. I'm going to do as much as I can. I'm going to cram in here. And then there's a lot of discussion and you're halfway through Monday and you're out of time. (laughs) And so it's to give you. But having said that, um, as a local teacher, you know, talking points is not a this is not a Sabbath school for you. This is an instructional video for people who are either going to teach Sabbath school or participate. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. some, you know, some people get used to watching their other things online. And so there are things that observations we're going to have on the quarterly lesson. We're not trying to be mean or throw stones, but sometimes, like you said, you're going to read something and say, I don't know that this, I know people where this would come across. If I said the Psalms was a book of Psalms and you're going to pray the Psalms, I know people who might take that the wrong way. And as a teacher, you're responsible to teach in a way that doesn't confuse the listener. Right. So ironically, so, we just talked about how the disciples said, teach us to pray. And what he gave them, his instruction was not prescriptive. Like this is exactly what right. you do, but it was descriptive. Here's some things you could do in prayer. And in the same way, much, much, much reduced <laughs> yes. deep shadow of that, right? right. But we're not trying Talking to say, words. this is how your Sabbath school should be, or this is what the lesson These is trying points. to teach. These are the points. We're just describing how we encountered the lesson and our discussion about it that hopefully it'll benefit you in the in the field. So yeah. let's get into our talking points for this week then. Yeah, so why don't you share with us, we don't have three talking points That's this true. Week. Radical change. <laughs> yeah. We only have two talking points this week. And number one is... Hold on a minute. Hold on. i got to catch my breath. Exactly. Here. Soak it in. <laughs> talking point number one. Praying the Psalms, quote, shouldn't be vain repetition. Okay. Right? So... And you're actually using a phrase of Jesus that we'll get to there. Exactly. We'll get into that. But we don't want to miscommunicate what I think the lesson wasn't trying to and surely Mm -hmm. wasn't trying to say that, right? So we want to clarify that. And talking point number two is that the Psalms can be a great benefit to worship, whether it's through Mm -hmm. song or through prayer or through, you know, recitation of scripture and quoting it. The Psalms are a powerful, wonderful blessing to us, and they're a great benefit to God's people. And that was thrown, uh, that was drawn from the whole week's lesson, from Sabbath mm-hmm. all the way to the Friday's lesson, the benefits of the Psalms in our worship experience. So we're going to talk about that. So basically, number one is about, like, don't misunderstand it and misapply it this way, but let's look at the, the proper application of the Psalms in talking point number two. Very good. All right, let's, let's go through this now. Talking point number one, praying the Psalms, and I'm, I'm lifting that phrase from the lesson that repeatedly invoked that. For instance, on Sabbath afternoon, on paragraph three, it says, mm-hmm. praying the Psalms has helped many believers establish and, establish and maintain regular and fulfilling prayer lives. Okay? And um, what do they mean by this t- praying the Psalms? 
Well, first of all, I, of course, the word psalm is mm-hmm. mentioned in the Bible many, 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 many times. Right. Most notably in the book of Psalms, right? Mm-hmm. A psalm for this and a psalm for that. Each, by the way, this is a great point to bring it up. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a, a, a dogmatic thing. I just think it's an interesting fact that the, the, the book of Psalms doesn't have any chapters. Right. It's They're all single psalms. psalms, right? And it's a collection of those individual psalms. So referring to so, the psalms or psalms you plural... You go to chapter 19, you go to Psalm 19. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the Bible does refer to the psalms or psalms as a plural only a handful of times. To my count, mm-hmm. it was only seven times. That yeah, you listed them out. I list them out and... and kind of jot them down. You have sing psalms. They led thanksgiving psalms. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, right? So we have uh, repeated instruction to sing in the psalms or to even shout them to the Lord, right? We can mm-hmm. speak to each other and admonish or, or I assume edify each other with the psalms. But I couldn't find any reference to praying the Psalms in the whole Bible. Now, I think, well, surely in that instruction, I mean, our memory verse comes from Luke 11, 1, where they said, teach us to pray. And we would look at Jesus' instruction in prayer, which is found in Luke 11, 1 through 4, Mm -hmm. and all through Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. But he doesn't mention the Psalms in his instruction about, so... Well, part of your challenge is, like you said, what does it mean praying the Psalms? Right. And, And... uh, both of our concern, it, when you read through and you say, well, the psalm is a prayer book, mm-hmm. and then you use this term praying the psalms, there are a number of different religions, yes. the, the Jewish, the Orthodox Jewish religion today, that will have books of prayer that they recite. Mm-hmm. And that is not something we see as a biblical method for prayer. Not that you can't ever, we'll get into this, of but course. not that you can't recite pieces of things in prayer, but we have drawn a distinction as Seventh-day Adventist Christians, from uh, a liturgical reading of prayers to God and heartfelt prayer as to a friend. Exactly. And to be clear, we as Seventh-day Adventists doesn't mean like, oh, this is our preference or this is our tradition. Oh. This comes from Jesus himself, who in his instruction on prayer in Matthew chapter 6 said, do not use vain repetitions. And vain means empty, hollow. It's just a form for the sake of having a I ritual I said we form. as Seventh-day Adventists, I probably should have said for the bulk Bible of... Bible-believing Christians. Well, no, the bulk of Protestant Christianity. Mm. I know that it's not just Roman Catholicism. There are Orthodox churches and stuff that do. I went to a church service. It was actually a Presbyterian service that yeah. I was asked, the pastor asked me to speak for him. This has been some years ago. And I had never been to one before. And mm. everything was read. Yeah. Right up to the sermon while I preached that week, and I, I didn't read the sermon, and the saints hadn't, I guess, heard Probably the sermon blew their in a mind. while. Um, <laughs> I think it was a little refreshing to them. Oh, okay. Uh, and maybe a little bit exuberant from a standpoint, because mm. you read through. Anyway, yeah. the the idea of, but they do, they read through a lot of the services. But I think most of Protestant Christianity doesn't, that's not how we conduct right. that kind of thing. And I just wanted to draw that point, especially just make a fine tip on that. The encouragement to pray the Psalms in this week's lesson based on all that we've discussed here, should not be misunderstood as encouraging the practice of merely reciting Bible psalms as a devotional exercise Mm -hmm. akin to what our Muslim friends would do with the beads or the Catholics with the rosary. Like, it's not like a... It's like a spiritual habit or practice or discipline where you just say these words over and over enough times and then there's power in the words themselves. It's not 
it's not like that. Well, you have Matthew 6 and verse 7 here in the notes, mm-hmm. and, and in the, Jesus is telling his disciples when they asked him, you know, teach us to pray, when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And then he goes on to say, in this manner, pray, our Father which art in heaven. And, and ironically. So it's become vain repetition for right. somebody. Now, there's nothing wrong with quoting the Lord's Prayer in prayer, but... I, and I've done it many times, sure. but it's not the sum and substance. Maybe I finish a prayer with that or something right. else. But that wasn't Jesus' point, like, hey, don't pray. Like, what's the irony in saying, don't pray in vain repetition? Repeat these words. Yeah. No, his idea was, let this be a, a framework or a model. But in the yes. context, he's very specifically, don't pray in vain repetition, where, again, you're thinking you're heard by your, for your many words. In other words, not even the abundance of words, but saying it just the right way, having the structure just right, this right. way. Like, that's what God cares about. Jesus is saying, that's not what he cares about. You want exactly. to open your heart to him. Exactly. Now, to that point, ironically, the Psalms are well written, yes. and they are infused in our lives, and they, oftentimes, we will quote from Scripture, or the Psalms particularly, just because it frames what we're trying to say so articulately, so eloquently, and praise right. the Lord for that. It's a gift to us. That's a blessing. We're going to get in that talking point number two. Yes. So we're not saying, don't quote the scripture. No, what we're saying is that there isn't... Don't misunderstand. An, when we say there's power in the word, I do not mean by that. I'll just speak for myself mm-hmm. here. That I don't believe that those particular words in that order, with that inflection, in that, you know, that there is a, almost a mystical... Gnosticism to it. If you say it this way, you'll mm-hmm. have access to deeper experience and knowledge. No, it's this, they just so articulately and inspired um, sentiments that we can relate to in our authentic real life relationship with God. That's a tremendous blessing that we have this gift in the scripture. Well, you mentioned this in our, in our, when we, when we discussed this lesson before we mm-hmm. recorded here, that the idea of Praying just the the, the 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 right words like inspiration. The Seventh Day Adventist view of inspiration is that it's thought inspiration, not verbal inspiration or dictated inspiration. Right. In other words, we don't believe that God dictated the words, but that He gave the the prophet the thought, and the prophet used his he own words. He didn't move man's convey. hand; He moved the man himself. Now, now the reason right. I say that one of the many reasons that's important to understand is if it was verbal dictation. And you get into, we get into these debates in the church. Somebody says, I only use the King James because I think the language is right. Hey, listen, if you want to really be true to anything, you should be reading Greek. Amen. I and mean, Aramaic and And Hebrew. the fact <laughs> of the matter is, you, you do, we don't even have the original uh, autographs or, or manuscripts yeah. in Greek. We have copies of copies. But then you get into translations like, okay, if, if I am going to pray because, and I'm going to recite the words because they're the right words... Are the King James writer or the New King James or the ESV or the NASB? Mm-hmm. And then you have this variation of words. Well, that doesn't throw a curveball to a person who understands thought, thought inspiration. Exactly. But you can start to lean into this, no, you've got to say it this way if mm-hmm. you want to be heard. And that goes back to what I think Jesus was addressing. Yes. And on Wednesday's lesson, on paragraph six, there's a statement there that says, and I'm glad they included this, says, a mere repetition of the words of the Psalms with only a slight comprehension mm-hmm. of their meaning will not produce the authentic trans- transformation intended by the use. The Psalms are the word of God by which believers' characters and actions are transformed, not simply informed. By God's grace, the promises of the Psalms are made manifest in the lives of the believers. And it made me think of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is useful or profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete 
thoroughly equipped for every good work. That the purpose of the Psalms is just like the rest of Scripture to not merely inform us, but by God's grace, transform us. And the Psalms just happen to be a reflection of the the experience of the psalmists in beautiful language that will be relative to our experience with the Lord as we take this walk of faith too. Well, we talked about that last week, how these experiences in the Psalms, certainly you you relate to them and it it actually gives you, it it actually shapes your thinking. And and we're going to get into that a a little bit in the next talking point. I'm just thinking to myself like, this first talking point, there's only two, is basically what not to do. Yep. And so somebody could be say, well, you say we're not supposed to do this, but hold on. The reason we're taking the time to do this is because prayer isn't just a little thing in the Christian life. Mm. It's the breath of the soul. Yes. And so, you know, there's there we need to understand what it is and what it isn't because it can make or break the Christian experience. Right. And what I was thinking about, too, is this could be a thing like, you know, Jesus said, whatever you pray in my name, I will do it. Like, so, yes. oh, we always have to put the name on there. And that's the... Whether it's the Psalms or the Lord's Prayer or praying in the name of Jesus, these were yeah. not mere constructions that now for make a, therefore make a legitimate prayer or it will be heard. Sister White had this in, on the on the Steps to Christ, page 100, on the backside of our Talking Points notes there. Mm-hmm. I included this. Why don't you read that yeah. statement, she says. Steps to Christ 100 says, To pray in the name of Jesus is something more than a mere mention of that name at the beginning and the ending of a prayer. It is to pray in the mind and spirit of Jesus. While we believe his promises, rely upon his grace, and work his works. Right. It's an so awesome statement. When we invoke the Psalms or we repeat the Lord's Prayer or even say, in the name of Jesus, what we're trying to do is trying to put a, a frame of mind and a spiritual context for our communication with God. That We want to mm-hmm. have the mind of Christ. We want to be transformed. And we were informed by the words of Scripture that can, by God's grace, transform us into Christians. I I need to add here, too, even as we're discussing this, I'm thinking about, in my pastoral ministry, how many people I encountered who didn't pray much because they were afraid they couldn't pray right. Maybe that's that's where the lesson is like, hey, you know, you can hear some models, but the problem is I don't want a person to get into the mindset that they think that God's not going to hear them unless they say everything Mm. just right. And that's where you can get in that mind, like, i got to say it. Boy, if I don't say these words and I don't have this position and I don't do this and I don't do that, then God's not going to hear me. And so uh, uh, that's what we're trying to get away from. Prayer is a personal reaching out to God, uh, talking with God as with a friend. Yeah, opening the heart of God. Well, go ahead. You you mentioned here this, that to find more, understand more about prayer, this compilation. I mean, you could start with the chapter prayer in Steps to Christ. Yeah, the privilege Just of that prayer. Cha- yeah. Privilege of prayer is an awesome chapter. And then beyond that, as you've uh, well, that, recommended here, that chapter a whole is included in that compilation sure. as, as an appendix. But it's basically everything Sister White said about it and the benefits of it and, and some practical tips. It's, it's really, really helpful. So I'd encourage that book, Prayer, uh, from Sister White. But yes. let's move on with our time remaining to the benefits, though. So, uh, talking yeah. point number two, the Psalms can be a great benefit. So to how worship. would one properly pray the Psalms? Right. Well, again, I would not to do. Well, you sing the psalms, you recite the psalms, you right. contemplate the psalms, you edify and, yes. and admonish with the psalms, right? So, I believe what what we really should be advocating here is the familiarity familiarity with Scripture and perhaps the psalms in particular, right? As a study basis, as a reflection point, so that when we speak, whether it's to God, whether it's to one another whether it's in writing or whatever we do, we have the language of Scripture, inspired thought, permeated into our own thought processes. So it just comes out of us naturally, right? 
Uh, and the Psalms are so well, I put this in the notes, that they're divinely inspired, mm-hmm. they're well-written, they're often evocative. He uses very uh, emotive language, right? Right. And they touch on a wide range of relatable circumstances. So as a basis of spiritual language, it's it's second to none. It's fantastic. Well, and you cited the quarterly here on Monday, paragraph four, where it says, the Psalms give us words that we can neither find nor dare to speak. Um, in other words, it, 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 again, as you put it, it just puts it in a framework. So for example, I asked you, this wasn't mm-hmm. a practice that you had, and I know it varies from person to person, but for me, uh, I've often concluded a prayer, uh, whether personal or public, by saying, let the words of my mouth and the meditations mm-hmm. of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Well, that's Psalm 19, verse 14. Mm-hmm. I'm not quoting the entire psalm, but those words come to my mind. That's the thought I want to convey, and what beautiful language to convey it in. Exactly. So, and so, and it's relatable. Clearly, David had the same experience. It's from Scripture. It's the burden of your heart. He's mm-hmm. given you the language. Perfect, right? Uh, Sunday's uh, paragraph four also says, the Psalms cover so many aspects of life that we can be enriched by reading and absorbing into our hearts what they are saying to us. And I think, again, that's the upshot. The, the goal of the Psalms is to, is to soak into our study, our contemplation, our meditation on God, that when we speak, when we pray, when we sing, when we, when we converse, that that's the language we draw from. I kind of gave in our little pre-discussion the, the counter to that. If someone didn't have scripture that they were studying regularly, mm-hmm. but they were reading other literature or they were watching television or listening to music, what do you think is going to come out of their conversation? Well, it's the lyrics to that song, yes. quotes from those TV shows, yep. uh, lines from the movies, whatever. The, the thing you're familiar with, the thing that you've repeatedly put in your mind is going to come out of you. Right? By beholding, we become changed. Exactly. And so we have the privilege of beholding Christ through his word right. to become more like him. And the language of the... It's only natural that that language would, would come out of us, that we would become more like Jesus. And I, d- I don't want to... I don't want to be critical here, but it, but but here we go. <laughs> I'm not trying to be critical, but that goes for all scripture. Yes, and sometimes I feel like when we get into quarterly, I understand like this is my theme. I was tasked with this. We're going to teach the Psalms, and it's almost like I have to keep everything confined to the Psalms. But what you're saying is true, you know. So when when the lesson points out, well, the Psalms is a prayer book. No, it was a hymn book. And the reality is, there are hymns in other places in Scripture. There are other, you, there are other things I quote in Scripture besides Psalms. Mm-hmm. And so it's back to the point you're making that the Bible is spiritual, and so it fills the mind with spiritual thought, thoughts. Mm-hmm. The Bible says spiritual things are spiritually understood, and we compare spiritual things with spiritual. If I'm talking to God, I'm talking in a spiritual way. And my spiritual life is educated by the Word. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just, and so I appreciate everything that was said, that yes, there are psalms that can enrich that, but there's also things in First Corinthians and in Romans and in Well, there's even Exodus other songs and, and other prayers. You think of the prayer right. of David, I mean Daniel, when he was in, you know, in, in captivity, he was longing for the deliverance of his people. You think of Moses uh, coming through the Red Sea. This is invoked mm-hmm. in Revelation. We're going to sing that song. So it's not like, oh, this, the, the prayers and these songs in the Bible are in this book. Right. It's just if a collection If you're going to pray, go yeah. to this book. No, yeah. it, it's, it, but, but yes, let the Psalms, as with the rest of Scripture, 
shape your thinking in a spiritual way. Well, for and then example, that will be reflected in your prayers. They gave Psalm 22, Psalm 44, Psalm 60, Psalm 13. Uh, they mm-hmm. referred in this week's lesson to multiple psalms that were illustrative of this fact that David was, or the psalmist, whichever the case was, whoever wrote it, uh, was going through something. And then later we can relate to that in our life or draw from that language. Mm-hmm. And let's look at Psalm 44 uh, really quickly here. Um, Psalm mm-hmm. 44, starting with verse 1, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days, in days of old. You drove out the nations with your hand, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples and cast them out. Mm-hmm. And he talks about all the things that God had done in the past. Right. Right? But, verse 9 says, You have cast us off and put us to shame. And you do not go out with your armies. You make us turn back from the enemy. So he's contrasting what was then. Right with what is now, but he goes on to conclude saying, uh, calling to God, right? Verse 23, Awake, why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face and forget your affliction of our prayer? Basically, arise for help and redeem us for your mercy's Mm. sake. So he's appealing to the God who obviously has manifested himself in the past. We're going through this now, but I trust you can do it again, right? Right. Well, interestingly, first of all, that's just a powerful piece of scripture in itself, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 picks up on that Mm -hmm. passage of scripture, that psalm, and as he's giving instruction about the Christian life here in the New Testament, again, Romans 8, and why don't you read 35 to 37? I will, in my sticky pages. Take your time. Eight, just everywhere but eight. 35 to 37 yeah. says, Romans eight thirty-five, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So here, the Apostle Paul is talking about what the Christian life is like, and it might be difficult, it might be challenging, you might be tempted to be discouraged, but, and he appeals to the language of Psalm 44, yes. saying, but that is written, right, for our admonition here, and so we can look with hope to Jesus Christ and know that we have, we are more than conquerors. Amen. And makes that, me think of that statement by Ellen White, you have it in Christian Experience and Teachings, page 204, we have nothing to fear for the future, except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and his teaching in our past history. Right. So as we reflect on the power of the Lord in the past, our current circumstances are contextualized and we have hope for the future. Mm. We can draw from the language of Psalms just like Paul did in giving encouragement and instruction for the Christian life. Well, and as you, I mean, that statement by Ellen White is pretty much just taking what David did in the Psalms and applying it to our current context. It's exactly Let's the same look thing. at how God led us in the past and, and trust that he'll lead us that way in the future. So, right. Now, I, d- I don't want to end this by saying, so no one ever prayed and invoked the Psalms in prayer? Mm-hmm. No, they did. There's a couple examples that I could find in Scripture, and they were referenced in the, in the yes. lesson. Uh, first of all, there's Jesus on the cross. He quoted Psalm 22.1 when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you mm-hmm. forsaken me? That's from Matthew 27.46. He also quoted Psalm 31.5 when in his dying breath he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's in Luke 23.46. But I would put a big asterisk next to Jesus' invoking of the Psalms in mm-hmm. his own experience because many of the Psalms were messianic prophecies fulfilled in the very life and sufferings of Jesus. So right. I put this note in there. It says, in the case of Jesus, of course, these psalms weren't merely appropriate for a situation, but were direct prophecies of his suffering. Thus, 
in a very real sense, Jesus wasn't quoting the psalmist so much as the psalmist was quoting Jesus in mm-hmm. advance, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Jesus is a special category of individual that the Psalms, he was able to look at all the scripture and said, these are they which testify of me. Right. So yes, he prayed the Psalms, but honestly, the Psalms were forecasting, foretelling his own experience. And there's, well, you mentioned yeah. the believers in Acts chapter 4, where they got together and they prayed and they quote Psalm 2, 1 and 2, recognizing that Mm-hmm. That they, those, again, messianic verses, but they were particularly relevant to that period in time. And yes. so they brought them in and quoted them, which is. And it was absolutely... in, in a sense, it was in prayer. In fact, it's yes. that they all came together and they quote and they were praying mm-hmm. together. And then they applied those prayers, those quotes to their situation and said, Lord, now give us the boldness. We know for certain that your word has been fulfilled in the ministry of Jesus and we are his followers. So we trust you that you will give us the boldness that we need to right. preach your word. So there's nothing wrong and probably everything right in quoting the Psalms in prayer, just not as vain repetition where exactly. you're just using it as a liturgical book. In, and ironically, if we were to do it just as a liturgical, mindless kind of exercise, it would actually dull our prayer life when Christ wants to mm-hmm. give us a, a life and life more abundantly, even Amen. a life of prayer. So, there's a great quote from Friday. Why don't you read that one as we close today? The Psalms encourage us to continue our spiritual journey and comfort us that we are not alone. Other people like us have gone through dark times, and yet we're triumphant by the grace of God. At the same time, the Psalms reveal to us the glimpses of Christ's fervent intercession on our behalf. Exactly. So, we can come to the Lord in time of need, and even using the language of Psalms, as a blessing and, a, and an uplifting to our spiritual experience. Amen. Let's pray as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all scripture, including those powerful psalms. And thank you for giving us the privilege of prayer, that we can come before our maker with thanksgiving, we can enter his courts with praise. And Lord, we can even use the language of scripture where our language might fail. But what we want, Lord, is not a hollow, repetitious structure of prayer. We want an authentic relationship with Jesus. So Lord, help us to have an active prayer life, an active devotional life. Give us the songs to sing. Give us the words that we might speak. Truly let let your word become part of our own experience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.